Hello and welcome to The Culture. My name is Anna. And my name is Mark. And today we are covering um, more about Nexium via the documentary The Vow. The documentary series. The documentary series. I apologize for that. Um, now, The Vow is very long. So it's the longest. We've covered a third of it in um, our watching, and that's what we'll be talking about today is episodes one, two, and three. But honestly, they kind of cover most of it in that. They do. I finished episode three thinking, oh, I, I'm good. Yeah. So I don't, I, and I can't speak because I haven't seen it. You said you. I've seen it all before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it really just goes through like kind of the trial and this and that and specifically dives into the story of one of the women who was being manipulated and coerced by Keith Raniere. Her name was India Oxenberg and kind of her mom's um, pursuit to get her out of the cult. Okay. So there, it's more anecdotal after. Yeah. Yeah, it's less about him. It's more about the women. So yeah. more about Allison Mack, more about that girl, India. But if you are interested in, oh, yeah. in nine hours of entertainment, <laughs> it is all on HBO. Yes. I do highly HBO sponsor us. Yeah, I do recommend <laughs> the first three, though. Yeah, Like for sure. As even just uh, accompanying this podcast. Like, yeah. I think that they did a good job of really going over all the stuff kind of that we covered, right. right? Even including some of the smaller details that maybe we didn't get into as much, which yeah. I'm excited to talk about. But yeah. um, I don't know what else is out there. You said you you saw one on Stars, right? I started watching one on Stars last night, more about India Oxenberg, because the way the vow ends in my memory, like, I don't remember if she was out at that time, like when they filmed this, like, India, the girl. Oh, okay. And her mom was still fighting to get her out. But in the stars one, it's India herself talking about her experiences so she's after out. she's out. Interesting. Yeah. So different perspective. Yeah. Is that one a series or just a one hitter? That was a series too, but I think it's like three or four episodes. Dude. Bro. What happened? Okay. I was thinking, okay. A couple things. I was thinking about this while I was watching. As a historian by trade, mm -hmm. I love me some docs. Right. And I've been into docs since like Ken Burns Civil War. Okay. Docs are not the same as they used to be. And yeah. this is a Netflix, HBO revolution where your documentary needs to be like Hollywood quality. Right. In terms of the filming and the cutscenes and right. the intro and the music, like mm -hmm. it's half entertainment, half storytelling. Yeah. Versus some of the some of the driest documentaries that I've ever seen. Like they're good, but it's like, man, that's dry. None of these that we've watched so far have been dry. True, but you have to think about it. The content that we're talking about is very salacious and juicy and ooh. It is. And it makes it a little easier. That's true. And it, right. I, I don't know. Then like, like let's talk economy. about the gold rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess it's not the same. But I guess like in this age of serial killers, psychopath, right. cults, just. True crime. Yeah just very odd type behavior. I think that maybe they've realized like there's obviously money oh, in this. Yeah. Right. We're like, in the market. <laughs> yeah. Like these are on HBO now. Right. <laughs> like yeah. they used to be like restricted for just the nerds and now <laughs> it's like mainstream, yeah. which is fun. I yeah. brought that up. Cause like I was like, I like the intro. Oh, the song. Thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was into it. And like the montage of mm -hmm. like, you know, videos and pictures and stuff. I'm like, dang, 
They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. It's good. Now, let's talk about the first episode because the first episode, I feel like after I watched it, the first time especially, the second time, not as much, but the first time I watched it, I was like, I could see how a person would fall for this. Same. Like. It literally same. It didn't, I as I'm watching it, all of these things are running through my mind. I was watching it with my wife and I was like mimicking what was taking place. It's like, hey, do you want to be successful? Yeah. Because here at Nexium, <laughs> yeah. we value you. Yeah. It was like every yeah. corporate sponsorship, right. like help up the ladder. And I'm thinking about when this is coming out. And right. like, if you're in that world, you love that stuff. Right. Like it's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. And nothing seemed crazy to me. No, but that's, that's, you know, most of the times they don't show all their crazy cards at once. It's very slow. It's the, you know, the frog boiling yeah, in the water it is the situation. Slow, it is definitely the slow burn here. Right. But yeah, as I was watching episode one, I'm like, oh, I see why they did that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like relating to the characters yeah. as they're getting drawn in. I'm like, I think I probably would have done the sim- something similar saying. or I can't blame that person for doing right. that. Right. And that's the thing is that when you're watching this, cause there's, there's a couple of main characters. There's Mark Vicente, who is the documentarian. Yeah. And he was a former member for a long time. High ranking. Yeah. Very high ranking. There's Sarah Edmondson, who was his business partner, and they opened up their own Nexium chapter in Vancouver. Yes. And both of these people, in my opinion, seem like very friendly, warm, kind-hearted people that genuinely wanted to better themselves and better the world. And I feel like I'm one of those people too. Like I care about others. I care about doing things for humanity. And it's like, I just feel like, especially groups like this, they don't prey on, they don't prey on people who don't give a fuck, you know, no. they prey on people who are kind and compassionate. Well, cause they're, they're driven. To, right. And that's what you need. Nothing right. worse than like a lazy cult <laughs> or a group. <laughs> Doesn't right? exist. Right. You're like, dude, we're, we're going to be out there pounding pavement. We right. got to get some stuff done. Like in, yeah. you, you have to have that mindset and you have to kind of see the end goal. Right. And I think that those two, like they felt very empathetic. Yeah. Like as I'm watching them, and as they're explaining, you know, how it kind of gets started, it's not, I wouldn't say like pyramid scheme-esque, but it's very much like they give you value, mm-hmm. but they also keep you wanting more. Right, right. Like like you said, you don't it's reveal- an MLM. Yeah, you don't reveal all of it at once. Right. But at the same time, they know exactly how to, and, I, and this like fast forward a little bit, but you can watch the script play out as they're practicing, as like he's practicing. Mm-hmm. It's totally preconceived. Like every line, every story, every anecdote, oh, yeah. all of those things are well rehearsed. Right. And they know exactly how to give you just enough to keep you wanting more, right. but to make sure you don't leave. Right. Um, so okay, so it opens up with Keith Ranieri talking, right? He's in the film. Yeah. He's talking, and they say And this is something that I thought was interesting. ESP, which stands for Executive Success Programs, is a methodology that allows people to optimize their experience and behavior. And the thing that I heard again and again in this documentary series was that the goal is for you to basically become in control of your own emotions. And that will bring you joy. And it's like, yeah, duh. Like, 
I, I just really could relate to the people being like, wow, this is an amazing experience to feel like I'm in control of my life. Yeah. I almost think of it like you heard this like biohacking, like life hacking stuff, yeah. like ways in which you can get your life back. And I do think that people often feel like they are the ones who are in the breeze or mm -hmm. are in the tide and they're just getting like smashed around and they don't feel like they can do anything. Yeah. So when you tell someone, Hey, do you want to take control of that and have an active process in it? Who's going to say no? Right. Right. So Shortly after the first episode opens, it talks about Sarah Edmondson and Mark Vicente and how they met when she was like 27 on a cruise ship for some like documentary award yeah. ceremony for like spiritual documentaries. Because Mark Vicente, um, he created this documentary called What the Bleep Do We Know? And it kind of seemed kind of creepy to me. Yeah, I was like, this seems freaking weird. Yeah, it's like, like Twilight Zone-esque, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, it, it's so bizarre because everybody talks about that, like, in the film. Like, oh, my God, it was so amazing. And I was like, mm, it looks kind of cheesy and weird, yeah, to be honest. Like, maybe I'm just on the outside and I don't know yeah. what I'm looking at here. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of, but I do think that that gives him, like, it's hard. Because in one sense, it gives him credibility. Because right. he obviously knows what he's doing. Right. And he's the one who's the author of this right. documentary. Mm -hmm. But at the other end, I'm like, oh, he also knows how to tell a story. Mm. Hmm. But I think the thing is, is this that's interesting. To me, just even the topic of that, what the bleep do we know, tells me that he's someone that wants to know these things and is very much a seeker of knowledge and a seeker of, like, who we are in the world which makes him a prime candidate for a cult yeah you know what i mean like cults don't seek out people who are like i already know yeah you know what i mean like they they love tapping into those people who are like i'm open to new ideas and things like that and it's just so what what really blew my mind was how much people bought into Keith Raniere's BS. Like the stuff he would say was just made up and they were like, wow, he was like, yeah, I invented my own mathematics. Or um, I was a concert pianist and I spoke three languages before I was five. And I also majored in three, three degrees, like engineering, computer science and quantum physics and like all this stuff. And like, you can tell that he's just pulling stuff out of his butt and people are hanging onto his word like it's gold. Like Right, and they brought up the IQ test, right? Like Yes, all, they yeah. said, uh, but okay, like I didn't fact check that, but I guarantee you that's not true. Well, they say that he's a Guinness world a Guinness book world record holder for like highest IQ in the world. Like what are you talking about? Yeah, I remember this uh, I, I swear it was something about like double like the normal he or said, something They said like he that. has a 240. That's not even a thing. The IQ test doesn't do... Like, it. if you're a 140, you're genius. Yeah. Th there is no 240. Which in, in, the, in that sense, like, I always feel like there's this, this inclination for these people to go not just like a little above. We oh, just no. have to like blow it out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm him, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I was like a 134, like 136, like, oh, like yeah, you're pretty smart, smart but yeah. like, I guess that's obtainable. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to like 
right. create a new chart because of how smart I am. Right. Because anyone who, it, again, is not searching or seeking is like, oh, well, he's just lying. Right. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe it's possible. That, that someone... is one thing that I don't relate to with these people is I do feel like they are really gullible. At, or at least just that is Trusting or a something? concern. I, I don't, I don't know. I would be like, let me see the paper. Okay. Wait, other thing. And we'll get into this more, but the fact that he, Keith Raniere kisses everyone on the lips when he sees them. Okay. We didn't talk about that did we no we did not talk about that because it came up and i was like yo everyone men Men, women women, does not matter i was like oh because i don't know how i forgot that but like that was very disturbing to me very i would have been like and his whole look just that on top of everyone kissing i'm like what the hell is happening like if i was there i'd be like get me out of here now it's strange right and it looks strange even as you watch someone do it i don't know what it is there's there's just something about that act it's very odd and 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 you don't kiss people on the lips and and no knock on yeah sexuality or anything it's just a weird thing to witness especially like imagine you're number six in line like, and you're just watching him work his way all the <laughs> way down. Dude, imagine you're number 36. Jesus. True. Even pre-COVID, it's just weird. Oh, it's worse with COVID, though. Yeah. It's worse. It's a strange start. Um, So, yeah, Keith is a f- weirdo. Um, Now, let's talk about the first class that a person takes if they join ESP. So... Sarah Edmondson described it. It's like very eighties, very underwhelming. You're sitting in this like holiday and like, well, okay. Because this is, I love that she said this. Cause they remember she talks and she says, I was imagining Tony Robbins. Yeah. And when you describe this group at the beginning, I'm like, Oh, remember I said, yes, man. Yeah. Like very Tony Robbins, like style, mm-hmm. huge deal. And then they go and they pan into it and there's like four people <laughs> sitting in a holiday Inn. Yeah. It's the greatest thing. It's cringe. I I don't know how. It, 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 you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you're in jury duty and you have to watch the weird promo video where oh, it's yeah. like, we are going to be blah, blah, blah. And it's like super old. That's what it reminds me of. Now, um, they do this thing where they teach them the rules and rituals. And this is the first class that they do. And one thing that kept on coming up too is that they tell them from the very beginning – you are going to be uncomfortable and that's good because when you're uncomfortable is when you grow. And though, though to some extent, I do think that that is true because it is. Yeah. Like, like, you know, when you're working out, it's uncomfortable, right? You're, you're ripping those little muscles so you can get bigger, but they're doing that so deliberately to tell you, what you're feeling is wrong. But it's smart in the way that they do it because yeah. it's not threatening at first. 100%. Like, I agree. Like, if you look back at the worst times of your life and the things that were uncomfortable, you have great moments that come from that. Right. But those are things you wouldn't voluntarily sign up to do. Right. Now, they tell you, hey, this is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be weird. We're going to show you how we shake hands. Right. And you're like, oh, that's like, why would you turn my hand sideways? And yeah. Yeah. Then- cup the bottom of it and right. it, like that is weird but also and bow to prefect your right, favorite <laughs> my favorite but if that's the worst that's not the worst thing in the world right so i'm like you i can explain fe- it away well and then i feel oh that was uncomfortable but guess what like i got through it yeah and it's not that big of a deal right so dude maybe i can do this right it's so smart 
yeah, it's very, it's crazy how thought out it is and manipulative it right. is. Right, it's like break them down before yeah. you build them up. But then if you always know things are going to be uncomfortable, if ever they are comfortable, you're like, oh, this must not be working. Or there must be something more I'm missing. Or, or it's just the perfect excuse for when you don't like something that's happening. Oh, well, you're growing. Well, and they bring it up all the time. Yeah. And we'll see later. Like yeah. they use that as a, as a thing. Oh, she just kept saying, she just kept saying. Right. Now, the sashes. Let's talk about the sashes. Okay. My favorite part. <laughs> Number one, because we're talking about prefects. Uh-huh. Number two, we have colored sashes. Yeah. I was immediately like, oh, well, these are the houses of Hogwarts <laughs> that are happening right here. Yeah. It's, I, it's like it's like wannabe karate, but a sash. Literally, is that. Yeah. Because they have stripes, too. You got to work up the stripe path. So as I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking about the military. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about martial arts. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about every type of progression system that exists. Right. There's a reason why those work. Right. There's a reason why you get, you get stickers in kindergarten right. and why stamps are such a big deal. They're not. None of it is right. anything. And I love, I don't know if it was Sarah or who it was, was like, at the beginning, these were so stupid. It was her, yeah. Yeah. I don't, they're too short. I don't know what yeah. we're doing. They yeah. looked cheap as hell. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure what these, who was doing them. They look like right. scraps of they fabric. Just- <laughs> But they have they a whole, but they have a whole system yeah. of like a three star and a five star. So you create value and worth. Right. And if everybody buys into it, right. then it works. Right. Loved the sash system. <laughs> Big believer in it. Yeah. So so Sarah Edmondson, going back to her and her story, because this is kind of all coming from her story of her first experience. She was like, Mark, what did you get me into? I don't want to do this. He's like, just wait till day three. There's always a breakthrough on day three. You're going to have a big breakthrough on day three, which is when they do the self-esteem module. And the self-esteem module, which, okay, their definition of self-esteem, I was like, what? What? Okay, this is what they say. Self-esteem is the range of options you have in a given circumstance. People with high self-esteem see possibilities, but people with low self-esteem see like obstacles and they call these obstacles limiting beliefs did you remember this yeah. part now the example they gave was someone who is a photographer has a fear of heights and this is a limiting belief so if they have a fear of heights and they're a photographer they're always um um, what do you say? Shooting from that level. Yeah. Or they are always out. stuck on the ground. Yeah. They can never get higher than that. Right. But if we remove that fear, then they can ascend to their highest growth kind of thing. Um, and the, the lady, Nancy Salzman, she said the average person has 200 to 300 limiting beliefs. Oh, okay. That's a lot that they can work on you for, you know? And they said that once you be, get rid of these limiting beliefs, which they call disintegrations, you're going to become unified. This is going to make you joyful whole right now we talked about rational inquiry and ems in our last episode but i feel like this did a really good job with explaining them it it basically is very similar to the auditing in scientology right they say let's go okay mark tell me about a problem you're having Let's go back to the first time you felt that let's explore that what does that mean to you but isn't that like therapy 101 no, not really. I mean, I feel like one of the things about this is that 
a lot of the limiting beliefs, like we do put a lot of limiting beliefs on ourselves. Right. And you just sometimes don't even ever give it the time of day to look at like why that is the way it is. True. So in that sense, I feel like, you know, this idea of even it being like a minor sort of therapy session where you are not worried about why you are scared of, let's say, heights right now. Like right. what was the event Right. And that triggered that, which is right. huge when it comes to trauma and anxiety and all True. of those types of things. True. But I think the thing is, is that these are not trained professionals and this could go very badly. No, for, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that thankfully for especially the people that joined, it was cathartic for them. It was therapeutic in some way. But I think for a lot of people, this could be very re-traumatizing even. Um, but... You know, Sarah Edmondson, she talks about how she kind of got hooked was she was coughing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was like, what? I had to go back and watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) She was coughing while they were on that um, cruise ship. And Mark Vicente said to her, what did he say to her? He said, what "What would you lose if you stopped coughing? What would you lose if you stopped (laughs) coughing? Which I'm like, what the hell? I know. I thought it was something like deeper or something. I was like, I don't know what he's trying to say. And then she goes on to say attention. Yeah. Right? Basically, she said that she she connected that she was trying to get her boyfriend's attention by coughing. And she linked being sick to attention. So she would act sick to get attention. But I'm like, okay, Sarah, that's more your problem right. than anybody else's. Or a problem in your relationship. So what's I'm not going sure what's on? Happening. But yeah. like, I was like, could you imagine if you're like, you have a fever and your Nexium partner goes, <laughs> what would you lose if you stopped sweating? <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. Right. And when she says this is her but breakthrough. That's, that's an exploration of meaning. But it's it's so, like, of all of the things, I'm like, well, that's kind of dumb. Like, I don't know why, yeah. I don't know why that worked for her. Yeah. I, I, would, I swear it was like it was probably like right place right time right circumstance plus he kind of caught her in a lie right maybe this idea that she was faking it or to get maybe attention. he noticed that maybe he just saw that in her maybe it wasn't like she was actually sick and coughing maybe she was like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, it's so odd that was the first <laughs> point where i was like yeah all right sarah's not all there either or something at that time was just true weird. well i just think that she was insecure maximum for sure you which know makes sense for the rest of the story too but like i was just like what the heck like <laughs> and mark hit it right right like right. he knew and that's one of the things i saw that i i want to bring up too is like everybody has their person like you brought me into this what have right. you got me into right, why right, do right, you right. show me this you see what's her name go after lauren and their sarah mm-hmm. and lauren and their mm-hmm. and their thing and then you have this happening with mark so you you have like this built-in like mentor, but also this person that they are vouching for you mm-hmm. in a way that you want to keep going. Well, it's almost like a buddy system. Yeah. The Mormon church does actually something similar to that, that they have like buddies and they like kind of keep, keep a trap, keep an eye on you. You know what I mean? Is that why you mission in twos or is that for safety? No, that too. Is that for safety? Um, Both. That makes sense. But no, but like in general, like general oh, okay. practitioners. Like in, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. Now let's talk about the Tourette's thing. Cause I'm still like, I don't understand what the hell happened here. Okay. Did you, 
I have to be very careful here. Do I, I think he was acting? I I felt very. I felt like it was very disrespectful mm. to people, especially with the children, to people who have that. Oh yeah, like oh, if you just started taking control of your life, you could not do this. Like that's so rude. Yeah, very, well, that's the whole thing is that their whole their whole premise is that like you're in control of everything. Therefore, if you're out of control, it's your fault. Let, right. It's gaslighting 100%. 100%. And I think that there is a difference in some of things in life where it is like, hey, you probably could be a little bit more in control right. and, with, with different things happening. Yeah. But like- It's a neurological disorder. Real medical conditions. And I was like, dude, if you're acting, are, are you the biggest a-hole in the world? Like what I is going I on? I don't know. I don't know. Because here's my thing. If that were true, right? What are we talking about right now? Right. This guy would be Nobel Prize winning. True. Like, true. Th- you're not keeping this under wraps because someone doesn't necessarily buy into all the belief systems. Somebody must have, because how did it not become big? How did that not get out everywhere? Somebody right, must have fact checked it and been like, "This is BS." This isn't 1978 where you're like, right. "Well, I don't know." Sometimes good ideas don't get exposed. Like, no, this is. We're this is in like an age, 2010. right? We're in an age of the internet, right? Like, if there's anything that possibly would help, because people that go th- that have Tourette's, like, it's a very big deal, and it does control a large portion of their life for some people, dude. Yeah. So to say, like, oh yeah, we figured it out, but no one's gonna buy in. I don't. I don't believe it one bit. Right. And it was a very hard to watch, like, scene. I. Yeah. I don't know. I feel so conflicted about that whole situation. It's weird. It's very weird. But then there are also one-off things that happen medically all the time that can't be explained. True. True. And that's and that's the thing. That, that guy could have his Tourette's quote-unquote cured or it could have just been a totally kind of random situation that that method worked with that dude you know what in I mean? that time, maybe it was in that maybe situation. that was like sarah with her coughing for attention maybe that guy was something other than someone with regular tourettes you know what i mean i don't know we're just kind of spitballing here but like yeah i've seen people with tourettes like there's this girl on tiktok that i've been watching lately oh my goodness she has tourettes and it completely interferes with her life of course. like she can't she'll she'll smack herself in the face like she yeah. can't eat on her own she can't do anything really on her own you know so to be like oh well if you just were like more in control of your emotions you would be able to handle and that i think that's, that's the part. unkind that's the part where i'm like it really bothered me right you know what i mean like this isn't something minor right and then from that moment on i was like Mm, I had like my different goggles on. I'm like, let me see what's happening. Here. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could sit unless you were just so, you wanted that to be. Right. That you are willing to put aside most logical conclusions and go, dude, this guy has it. Right. Dude, one thing that was, did stand out to me a lot was um, how, so the guy, Mark Vicente, the documentary guy, how much he was, like kind of in love with Keith not like not like romantically but like straight up like was like he he literally said I'm in awe of you obsessed literally just like and accepted whatever he said as literal fact I didn't like and uh, along that same line like when they're having a conversation and those that have recorded the Mm -hmm. way that he responds back to him 
with such affirmation in so many affirmatives. He's just like, oh yeah, like yeah, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you can hear Keith Raniere like his ego inflating. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, I mean, he a hundred percent has this guy in his corner for whatever, and he knew because he would like let him dangle for a little bit. I haven't talked to him in weeks, and then like right. can reconnect, and he he saw like, oh, this guy's whole being is attached to his interactions with me right and then he just obviously runs with it but it, did you catch the how he um someone said you're keith's only male friend yes i don't think that's a surprise no you and know? that should have been sort of like shadowing maybe right. a little but obviously i guess you're not looking for it but yeah it was very one-sided when you watch him hanging out but you also see the fan i guess it's not fanboy it's fangirl like of all of these women at the volleyball courts. Oh and my God. Surrounding him like he's a celebrity almost. No, like he's literally like a guru. Like, yeah. Like he's Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like they're like surrounding him, waiting to hear like. Right. And the thing is, is it's so crazy about this group is they don't actually have like, it is not a religion, but it is. I guess that's it too. Like they're. There isn't sort of, I guess there kind of is because he'll call it his technology that he lends out and these things but that he thing came is, up is with. But the thing is, is like they believe he is like it. Like even though it's not like a, a belief of like, oh, we're going to go to heaven or this or that. It's like their religion is around Keith Raniere and it's it's wild. And I think what is even crazier is that like the people that joined this had no idea really what they were signing up for in the sense that like if you sign up for you know, going to church, you know what you're going to. Like, you can kind of have a understanding of what's about to happen. But, like, with this whole group, you literally don't have a clue as to the extent that this person is running this show. And you're going to basically worship them. Yeah, as I'm watching, like, look, trying to figure out the hierarchy, I don't quite see the connection between other anything other than it all leads to him uh-huh like yeah. there are all these different groups and even they, nancy his prefect i'm like she's in love with him yes uh, all of these women and mark i would say truly are in love with him to the point where maybe they're blinded 100 percent, they are blinded and he is loving all of he's this. a full narcissist yes yeah it's um it's interesting now um one thing i wrote is that i'm so bummed that their website is down because i would have had a field day watching these testimonials okay i was gonna tell you like we've dealt with some pretty hilarious like media (laughs) and website design but all of the visuals, all of the representations of the sash system and all mm-hmm. of the things and the testimonials and everything, it looked like it was done. And I don't know if that was Mark or mm-hmm. if that was who, but that was done really well. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was Mark. Yeah. And I think that they probably had a lot of material available right, for people to be involved, but not, like you said, not the full blueprint. Right. Well, it's even... I mean, it even goes to show his narcissism that Keith was like, I want every single thing I say recorded. Everything. Everything. Our our 2 a.m. walks. So creepy. (laughs) All of that part was creepy. He would take these walks with all of his followers, but one-on-one in the middle of the night. Yes. First of all, never, ever doing that. No. Not, uh, 
I just was like, what is happening? Also not on like the beaches of Southern California either. Like these no. are happening like in Albany. Yeah. Like so what, cold. What is happening? Like, and the midnight volleyball. So good. Okay. <laughs> the volleyball scenes were my favorite. I told you. I told you. They were so fun. The knee pads made everything. Dude, the knee and the shortest of shorts. The shortest of shorts and the headband. Oh my God. It was, it's all of it. I seriously want to be him for Halloween. Are we going to be, are we going to do cult leader Halloween Let's theme do party? Cult Halloween. <laughs> Dude, that would be so fun. Cause I'm all in. <laughs> okay. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, it felt like you plucked him out of a 1978 movie and right. put him into okay. 2000. So, okay. So I started watching that stars one, right? The stars documentary. Yeah. So one thing that I notice in that, because they show some of his older stuff, because he had run a whole MLM prior to running this, right. right? Looks exactly the same. Did not change his haircut one bit. <laughs> so it doesn't make, it doesn't surprise me anymore why he looks like that. It's just kept it going. <laughs> he just is like, I'm sticking this to it. This is it. This is where I'm at. <laughs> this is it. I will die on this hill. The volleyball was strange. My favorite part of the volleyball wasn't the volleyball. Although he, him trying to teach these girls volleyball is fantastic. Also, he's like, uh, no offense, but he's like, what, 5'5"? Five, five? Maybe 5'7", five, like max, max. Like, he's not a tall cat. No. Volleyball is not his gig. <laughs> but the way in between games, now, number one, they're like handshaking and like high-fiving, like they really just played an opponent. I don't know if you got that part where they like go towards the net and they like handshake each other like it was real. I'm like, dude, this is 12 a.m. in a gym somewhere, chill. Did you also notice that he doesn't show up until a little later because he's part of the A team? Yes. I was like, oh, okay, so it's varsity and yeah, junior varsity? varsity. Okay. But the way in between games when he's cooling down and they're like around him, like yeah. he's a coach just like yeah tell it really reminds me of jesus and like the no, like the followers like them sitting on the ground like taking in every word while he has a headband on <laughs> in five inch shorts and a tie-dye shirt and black knee pads he and looks, those reeboks he looks like the worst camp counselor <laughs> anyone's ever seen yes and <laughs> like they're like yeah i'm in on this yeah it just seems so weird i know but i the just volleyball don't was great but the way he talks and the way Nancy Salzman talks, and this is another thing I picked up from that stars one, is that n they talk about it very briefly, but it's called neuro-linguistic programming. They use this in their in their systems, which is basically where you you talk um, in a very deliberate manner in order to kind of match a person's energy to make them feel more comfortable. So you'll talk at the same cadence, mm. ups and downs, a lot of expressiveness. And, and you can see it in Nancy Selsen. She's like, do you want to be happy? Yeah, Nancy was like, She talks like that and she uses that method. Um, and he does that too. And so it, it disarms people because they're like, oh, they, they, they understand me. Yeah, they feel it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they even match their breathing rates. It's creepy. Yeah, it's too far. Yeah. Yeah. The the scenes in the in that gym were great. Yeah. Now I have more to say. Do, should we make a a little two parter or what do you think we should do? Yeah, let's do a two parter because there's a lot. There's okay. a lot to digest and it's gonna get worse before it gets better and I have thoughts. Okay. Well, we will see you next week then with part two of our um coverage on the vow. Yes. If you want to um, catch up, go watch it on HBO Max. 
Yes. And tell us your thoughts. Um, shout out to us on Instagram at the.cult.ure. I'm always on there, so you will get a DM from me back. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, stay safe and don't drink the Kool-Aid. See ya. Yeah.